Okay. All right. All right. I was getting nervous. He was clicking a lot of buttons and he was like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, something's wrong. And he was clicking all these numbers s- and codes that I had no idea what, what they meant. Well, did it like, work out? It did, but it, it did. just like it took a little while. I was sitting here. I was a little bored. For the 35 seconds this was happening, you were bored? I was bored and I, I think, need to be entertained, darling. Well, darling, I think you need to go to the doctor because someone should be able to sit down for 35 seconds and not have to entertain you. I actually do need to go to the doctor. I have, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually to... due for a checkup, and well, you just reminded me that I need to schedule an appointment. That is what friends do. They Thank remind you so each other. Much. Yeah, I feel like I need to go. When was the last time you know. went to like get like a checkup? Like a full body moment? I guess. Is that what you do at your checkup? Well, I mean, it's a physical. Not yeah. like, I mean, a checkup. I'm not eight. It's a physical. Yeah, a physical. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been, yeah, COVID. COVID. It's That's been the a thing. minute. I think I have done it once. Oh, have I done a post-COVID? I don't know. Okay. I need to go. The okay. point is I need to go, but it's going to happen. It's on the to-do list. Uh, <laughs> <there's> <laughs> that so couch ship. On, what? That couch ship to you? Hell no. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And it's been another week. We are at week three at the Matt Palmer mansion. <laughs> Uh, where we yes. are doing this podcast. Hugely gigantic mansion, it's the, true. The new schedule where I, I finish up work and then I drive up. I did something a little different. I bought. I stopped at the grocery store on the way and got apples. Do people need to know that? Yes, like, they do. This They're, amount of detail, I don't know if it's helpful for the listener. The listeners like it when we just talk. I mean, we can do me. that. We can totally do that and not talk about any news for idiots because it's all sad. It is sad this <laughs> but, week. Spoiler. Yeah, but Matt Palmer, how was your week? What'd you do? Who'd uh, you see? My week was good. Uh, the hex was lifted when I I assumed it was last weekend, Beautiful. so nothing terrible has happened to me since. I'm trying to think, what did I do on um, Friday? Oh, on Friday, it was our friend Sarah's birthday, and so we went to... Happy birthday, Sarah. Yes, it, well, her birthday's actually this week, but she's going to be in Costa Rica this week with her boyfriend, uh, well, who also listens. Feliz cumpleaños, yes. Sarah. Uh, so shout out to both Sarah and Eric. Have a great trip, and um, I love that there's a straight guy listening. I think that's very cool. Does he, does he listen? <laughs> yes, he listens like on his own. Hey, bro. And I was like, oh my God, demographics. <laughs> like, Look at I, us. We, I, we, I mean, granted, we like also get like, we know of a bunch of straight guys who, who listen to this. But when a we, bunch of strong. Okay. <laughs> a we couple. Know a few. Handful. And we know most of them personally. Wait, also, <laughs> if you're a straight per, straight guy that is out there that we do not know personally, please email us at twogaymats at gmail.com and let us know you're listening. Yeah, and just be like, sup. Just, yeah, just give us, so we, we like, I'd like to get a head count <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we'll tell you next week how many that head count yes, is yes so please uh but yes so i we celebrated her on friday we went out and got dinner at this place called employees only in west hollywood which was really fun and then we went out to the bars for the first time since i since covid era and like we're outdoors they were checking vaccinations which was nice but that was just crazy to where be. did you go which we went bar? to the chapel okay the chapel i know it was that and um we like went into the abbey for a second but then i was like okay there's too many people in <laughs> See, I went when I went out to WeHo yeah. uh, for like my first time back. I went to the Abbey because it was more spacious, and the chapel was super crowded. Oh, I was like, interesting! I don't know if I want to go in there. Right, and I remembered. Oh, going out when you don't know the other people you're going out with that well oh. is 
Who were you going out with that you didn't know that well? Oh, just like my friend and like I met his boyfriend and and like all his like friends and everything, but I didn't know like everyone that well. And I I was just like, if memory serves, even when you do know people well, you don't like it. (laughs) Because I remember your face just dropping when we'd all be in a circle dancing like normal people do. Because I get bored. I'm just like, what are we doing? We're still dancing. Like, what are we doing? We're not talking to each other. I know. You'd rather talk. Infuriating. I like to talk. I like a bar where you can talk and chat. Right. Um, Well, that's fun. Yeah, then Saturday, um, Jackson's sister and her husband came over. We watched most of the Dodgers game, and then my sling TV kind of had a, an issue, and then we had to like fast forward to the end, and then the Dodgers lost. I know. I saw so, all of those losses apologies. live in real time at my restaurant. Apologies to Jackson and all of the Dodger fans. Like myself, I'm a Dodger fan now. You know, we love Go Blue. Yeah, yeah. go team. Go team. And then on Sunday, we got our outdoor patio table in, like in, came in four separate gigantic boxes, and so we spent two hours today putting it together, and then I went to my friend Roy's house who's been on this podcast we hung out with him for a little bit and came back home and I have so much television to watch on Sundays the moment that we've all been waiting for that I had Housewives of Potomac Housewives of Salt Lake City and and Insecure uh all on Sunday so it's like once I got home I was like I can't do any work now I can't like be productive I have to watch my television no you you should not work on the Sabbath day I mean aka the day where all of your shows exactly yes and so that's that's what happened to me Matt Steele how was your week my week was nice more furniture perusing a wall console has been purchased wow wall console like a like a a table (laughs) that you put against the wall oh okay and a television console has been selected but not yet purchased and wait Daniel's getting the actual television he's getting the actual television and you're getting the console and then I'll get the console and the, and the, a coffee table will happen and then like a rug and then like a curtain moment and then shit to put on the walls. I love it. Oh, it's exhausting and so much money. And you know, of course, I'm also paying for the people who deliver it to also assemble it for me because <laughs> I am a, an adult. I am not going through that shit wow. again. I mean, it was not fun to assemble the patio table this morning and do all six chairs. But we did it. Yes, and you you have a boyfriend doing I do. it with there you. Was, I, you can da- do it with Daniel. True, but like I feel bad asking him because like he's not my boyfriend. I know, but he's your roommate. He's he doesn't gonna get, hold me at night. He doesn't, but he will, you know, get a lot out of the furniture that you'll be building together. Yes, of course. Daniel would happily do of it with me. Of course he would. But you know, I... Don't want to do it, so I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna spend that money and have a nice big strong man do it for me, and I'll watch. Well, there you go. Um, what else did I do this week? Oh, something fun I did. I was supposed to go to a uh, a book tour of Sutton Foster's new book. Okay. Uh, which is all about crafting. Oh, and the, she crafts. She crafts, and oh. the book is about. Uh, uh, different crafts that she made like each chapter is a significant moment in her life Mm -hmm. and the craft that she was working on in this moment like when she was going through her divorce what she was making throughout that divorce and everything and so I was supposed to go in Pasadena uh, to see her talk about it and everything but then the day before the event was changed to virtual and it was like Mm. so I I was going to go with my friend Megan and so I went to Megan's house which is in Pasadena and uh, we watched it virtually and everything and it was her and Jennifer Garner. Oh wow. <laughs> Jennifer Garner was like moderating it and everything. That's amazing. And uh, it was really funny because like they're friends and they're buds and and you can tell Jennifer Garner was kind of like a last minute addition so she right. had no idea like what to ask. <laughs> but it was so funny. It was basically just like listening to a two game ads podcast. Hey. Like, just the two of them shooting the shit for a while. So she wasn't even um, promoting it there when she was. Uh, she was promoting the right. book and everything. Yeah. And, and it was funny. The um the virtual zoom or whatever it was Mm -hmm. like uh got lost for a second 
And when it came back after like two minutes, they were talking about the thing that happened to me at the Will Rogers Follies, the thing that happened to me uh, <laughs> like when I was on tour with the Will Rogers Follies when I was 17. What's and the we, thing? We don't know. We have to read the book. Oh, wow. We missed exactly what happened. So I'm excited to get my copy of the book so I can finally find out what happened to Sutton Foster when she was on tour with the Will Rogers Follies. All right. You're yeah. going to know. I'm going to know. What else did I do? Oh, Lord. I don't know. It's just been furniture and Sutton. Hey, that happened. That's a good yeah. Week. It's and, a good week. and something else that I, we'll, we'll talk about later. Okay, talk about later. So yeah. should we dump, jump, not dump, jump into news for idiots? Let's go. All right. So um, this is not, you know what? The biggest news of the week was kind of sad. So we're doing things a little different order. Um, but did you see that Meghan McCain has revealed the true reason for her The View exit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's written a book or something and it's called. Also, can we stop naming books bad blank? Like, I feel like Bad Feminist was a book, and I feel like I've seen a million other books with that same title. Hers is Bad Republican, and Heather Gay from Salt Lake City, who I really do like, mm-hmm. her book's called Bad Mormon. And it's like, okay, we've really run this we into the ground, yeah. and we got it. It's kind of like when there was a period of time where there were movies that were all called just like Bad Teacher, hor- yes. Horrible Bosses, and it's Bad like, Moms. It's like, okay. Yes, we got it. Um, And so she... Basically said she was leaving the show because she was a new mother and wanted to raise her daughter in Arizona. But she's saying that it was a toxic work environment and it brings out the worst in people. And she was treated horribly by her co-host, constant victim of shade and hostility. Joy and Whoopi turned into Regina George while Megan was so innocent. And uh, I guess at some point there was a virtual fight in which like the day that Megan got back from maternity leave and she had postpartum anxiety, she believe is what she said. And uh, she was arguing with Joy and said something to the effect of like, oh, I know you missed me, Joy. Like, I know you really missed me and you missed arguing with me. And Joy was like, no, didn't miss you at all. Zero. A that- truly <laughs> iconic moment in television. Like, because Mango was just so like trying to make light of it. She's like, oh, Joy, right. I know you missed me. And Joy was like, I did not. And it was like, whoa. And that was like the turning point for her. And like, she knew she had to leave and like demanded an apology on air and Joy wouldn't give it. And it's like, was that that big of a deal? Like, it was memed a lot. Or like, I saw it on Twitter for, like, a few days. But, like, is is that... Of course... Yeah. I, I feel like that's, of course, what she would say and, back and to it, that. And it's kind of just... The thing about Megan is it's, like, she openly admits... She's like, yeah, I'm a pain in the ass. And right. her mom goes on The View and is like, Megan's always been a pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> so it, it's kind of just, like, yeah, like... You know that you have a very strong personality that people get frustrated by and everything. So you kind of just got to make light of those little moments where like Joy genuinely gets really frustrated (laughs) with you. And Whoopi Goldberg genuinely really gets frustrated with you. Like you that's your thing that you're selling. So to then sort of quit. And I mean, you know, obviously it's a free country. Do what you want. If you don't aren't happy working there, Mm. go for it. Quit. But it's kind of like this is the persona you've like created for yourself. Like. You got to make light of it, you know, and the view they're they're all arguing with each other. I know that's like the point of the show. And also, I feel like I don't know. It's just like if you're Megan McCain, are you really going to call something else toxic? Like she's (laughs) I just feel like you got to have a little self-awareness with the words you use. And like I understand she was going through something and, you know, maybe your coast didn't know that they didn't Mm -hmm. know to maybe like producers should have told them kind of treat Megan with kid gloves is really a hard transition for her back. And like she was more sensitive than she would be normally. Yeah. But I mean, it 
I just think Megan is tough, it, you know? It also is interesting that the book is coming out so quickly after her departure. I know. Like, she, she left a two months ago she m- and, must and have, so like the book must have been written a long yes. time ago i feel like this is like the only chapter added after she quit the show mm-hmm. and it feels like this like even i'm sure on her maternity leave she probably wrote a lot of the book it's just like there's no way with the turnaround time and like how much lead time books need yeah. that she would be able to like fart this out in like two weeks or whatever oh so. my god literally like a week or two weeks I, it's, it's crazy. crazy and it's so interesting because i just realized this now on the show all the time she's always like i hate tell all books i hate tell all I, books. i've seen someone mention that and it's just like well oh what is this what is this where you're it just seems so quick out of the gate that you're suddenly talking about how much at, at by the end you didn't get along with right. joy and whoopee and everything it, it just seems so quickly out of the gate that it's like i i feel icky about this yeah i mean i guess she just has to monetize she left a very high paying job i assume and you know has a family and i mean i'm sure the mccains she she's doing fine but it's good to strike while the iron is hot versus like maybe she won't be on such a high profile show from here on out which a lot of like view alums are not so you know I guess she's got to get while the getting's good she won't be getting anything from me because I will (laughs) not be paying for that but you know I'm sure there's an audience um in other news Adele has made her first mistake did you do you know what I'm talking about are you going to talk about that Beatles moment? No, that was great. <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, she made the straights. No, mad. that's not it. Okay. In that, so Adele is doing the like 73 questions video for Vogue. Did you watch? You must not have watched it. Uh, all I watched was them being was, like the Spice Girls or the Beatles. And she was she like, the Spice, mm, Girls. The Spice Girls. It's like, of course. Of course. Good for her. Uh, she has been asked to rank her favorite Beyonce albums. Oh, no. But I didn't see what she said. This I saw was, that she ranked them, but this she. This is the top three. Oh. The three, the three, is B Day. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, little, little should, should be in the top should two. Be in the top two, but three is B Day. <laughs> two, Lemonade, and then you're like, okay, so oh. what's our number one? Oh, Matt Steele, what's our number one? Is it I Am Sasha Fierce? Yes. Oh, Adele. I know. Maybe because Adele loves ballads. Yeah. And there are so many ballads. And like, maybe she's referring to the amount of singles that were on the radio at the time. And that was a big deal. Single Ladies was a huge song. Music video was amazing. But you're putting Sasha Fierce over self-titled, over Lemonade. Over Lemonade. Like, that is <laughs> over be- and you know I feel like we all forget that you know with the beautiful incredible voice she has and the big raw soul she has but at some part of her being and I guess technically on paper Adele is a, little, a white lady so I and <laughs> Sasha Fierce probably would be her favorite <laughs> that is the funniest <laughs> assessment that was the way I could make peace with it because I, that was, it was hard to hear. Well, I'm white. It's true. But you know, you got, you got taste. <laughs> I mean, Adele has taste. She picked she the does. Spice Girls over the She Beatles. does. She does. And, but everyone's got their little blind spots. And okay. maybe this is just one of Adele's. I think maybe she just needs to let Lemonade and B-Day marinate a little more. <laughs> B-Day's been out longer than I am Sasha Fierce, so. But you know, she just needs to let it marinate a little more. Okay. Yeah. I just. Where does four rank in I this, Adele? Know. Because. It you, should be above. You're ranking Sasha Fierce above four. It's, it's shocking. Oh. It's shocking. So, 
Again, I love everything about Adele. And then the other thing I wanted to say was Adele's easy on me. She put it out at uh, 4 p.m. L.A. time, meaning that there was five hours of tracking on that song by the time it came out for like the initial tracking week on the Hot 100. Oh. And it debuted at number 68 on, <laughs> with five hours. That's the five hours. Thing. Unbelievable. Like that Jesse, uh, whoever, Jesse Nelson, Nicki Minaj song debuted at number 14 on the Bubbling Under chart. Oh. With a full week, so oh, the thing—it's like you forget how big Adele is. Wow, you do. You that do. is power. That is power. So, if, I mean, it will of course be number one <laughs> next week, and I assume many weeks afterwards. But that one week that it was sixty-eight, Little Nas X got number one with Industry Baby. I did see that. Good for I'm him. happy that song. I feel like deserves a number one. Yes. That video is so excellent. Brilliant. Insane. Brilliant. So. I'm glad that, and also Lil Nas X has three number ones. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't call him a one-hit wonder, and you can't call him a two-hit wonder. Amazing. Hello. Good. We love that. All right. So, uh, it's this isn't fun to talk about, but we need to discuss it, because it was like the biggest news of the week. I guess a prop gun fired by Alec Baldwin um, shot two people on the set of the film Rust, uh, and it killed the cinematographer Helena. Is that how you say her name? Helena mm-hmm. Hutchins and uh, wounded the director Joel Souza. Uh, Helena was 42, and you know, I, you just wonder how many female cinematographers are there working at that level in the field. It just is such a terrible tragedy, and I don't know what else can be said about it. It seems like the more I read about it, that there's been a lot of issues on the set of this film and a lot of issues with the prop gun specifically. But I'm hearing differing reports as to whether that prop gun had a bullet in it. But like, I guess it must have like, why would it have a live bullet in it if it was a prop on a film set? It's so crazy to me. The fact that, oh, well, because whenever there is like even a fake like weapon on set like right. they have a meeting like I, I remember um there there was like a knife used uh, for like a stage show I was mm-hmm. in and everything and like during like all the rehearsals and everything and for the show they had to like show people like this is a fake knife yeah. you know and they yeah. were like pretending to stab their hand and it wouldn't stab them and everything, right. you know and so it's just so amazing to me that there was it didn't seem like there was any sort of protocol done right. that should be done showing like I remember uh, I shot a short film this summer and there was a very there was like a gun from the 1800s in it and everything mm. and they showed us like this is a real gun look and opened it up there are no bullets inside mm. and like the person designated to handle it gave it to the per- and it was like no one else is allowed to touch this gun except right. for the handler and the person who I was in the scene with and even though ma- it was unloaded right you know? and on a major motion picture why would they not have that level of like precaution i just don't understand that yeah well first of all or second of all or third of all whatever point this is i can't believe that they're still using real guns as props like that's wild to me like it's like no can't you make a something that cannot shoot and kill someone seriously but be, look real like oh. isn't that possible how is that not possible at this moment and at this level of filmmaking i mean they're making a freaking sandworm come out of the desert or whatever right. in dune which i'm excited to see yeah uh 
and they can't do this. It's it's so crazy to me. Yeah, and so Alec Baldwin responded saying there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred, and I am in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and all who knew and loved Helena. And it's just... So devastating because she was, what, 42 Mm -hmm. and, like, had so much career ahead of her and had achieved so much success. I think she was listed recently as, like, top whatever cinematographers to look out for and everything by some major publication. Like, it's so devastating. You know, she... She had a husband and a son and a family and a whole life and a career ahead of her. And and now Alec Baldwin has to live with this because someone who shouldn't have been handling a prop gun handed him something that they shouldn't have. And he was just doing as he was told, expecting everything to be safe. And and it wasn't. And as someone who produced a movie, I get it. You got to cut corners where you can. But That's, not when it yeah, comes to right. this. This is what you invest your money Absolutely. in, in the safety of of everyone on set, All especially right. when there is a weapon on set. It's it's heartbreaking. Right. And Our hearts go out to her family, friends and colleagues. And, you know, may she rest in peace. Very, very sad. Um, I'd like to explain whatever this is to me. The explanation is Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh are geniuses. Who's Cameron McIntosh? <laughs> he's a producer. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so he's a DJ now? He's DJing for Phantom of the Opera? Like, what? Tell me what's happening with Andrew Lloyd Webber as a DJ. Well, Phantom of the Opera uh, just opened its doors again to audiences, mm-hmm. and we saw on Twitter... Uh, at the beginning before the show people entering the theater and Mm -hmm. people were like there is a mask and a rose and something else I forget on every single seat oh my god like so everyone got like a real live rose and a mask to like wear of like the phantom mask and we were like oh this is brilliant marketing Mm. amazing job Cameron Andrew everyone else involved amazing Then we see in Times Square this like video ad like counting down until the chandelier falls like in Times Square as if it's New Year's Eve. Jesus. (laughs) And we're like, oh, shit. And then (laughs) after the show lets out these videos of Andrew Lloyd Webber outside the Majestic Theater. I'm so confused. Playing EDM remixes of Phantom of the Opera what? to a congested 44th Street with Countess Luann behind I him. I was going <laughs> to say, why is Luann from the Housewives there? Why not? Why the fuck not? So confusing. If I was Luann, I'd be there too. It's just so confusing. It's so funny. And like... That music. Oh, Jesus. Really slapped. <laughs> if that was playing at the club when I went with those people who I didn't really know, I would have had a much better time. I mean. I love it. I love it. I love it. The Phantom of the Opera did everything right. And then a video came out. Uh, they shared of the um, the intro where the famously the chandelier comes back to life and rises mm. above the audience. And it showed like the audience clapping for it and cheering right. for it. And I was just like, may Phantom run forever. <laughs> like, I am weeping. This is beautiful. What a fucking show. Wow. And just getting the audience's excitement that like this show was back. Right. With that visual Thrilling. Check it out if you haven't seen wow, it. Already. I haven't seen the video. I've just seen the gif of Countess Luann walking by or doing something up there. I'm like, what am I? And I just can't bring myself to investigate because I'm like, this is too strange. <laughs> this I mean, is too strange. Phantom did it right. They they brought Broadway back 
Broadway is back. Broadway is back. Because wow. that is how to promote your damn show. I want Carolina Change to do something just as exciting when it opens. Okay. <laughs> that seems like a smaller scale show, no? End. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, just two more items to say. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to James Michael Tyler, who played Gunther on Friends. He died from cancer at 59. It's very sad. And then rest in peace to Peter Scolari, who's an actor, uh, Broadway, TV, films. He was in Girls. He was in the show New Heart. Mm-hmm. He appeared on Broadway with Tom Hanks. Uh, died at 66. It's just sad. It's sad. sad. Just sad. But... Anything else that I might have missed this week? Any other news that you want to talk about? I don't believe so. Okay. I just said it was just, it's just been a lot of sad things. I know. So I know. Let's but move on to happier times. The saddest is Adele's Beyonce rankings. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not true. That's a joke. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break and be back with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Okay, we are back. It's true, After we're our, back. Our long hiatus. I know, so We are long. back. We are back on to Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to spell T-W-O. Uh, so we're going to do three questions this wow, week. Wow, special week. It's a special week. Also, there was like just a little bit of news. So <laughs> we've got time to draw this out as much as we want. Uh, so first question comes to us from Mel. Mel says, James Bond theme songs. Mm. Hi, Matts. First of all, congrats to Matt Palmer on your move. I'm sure it is an exciting time for you and Jackson. Thank you. Secondly, I literally screamed in my car when I heard Matt Steele finally saw Come From Away. It is a top three musical for me, and I am so hyped that you loved it. My question for this week is about James Bond theme songs. With the new James Bond movie finally coming out, I was wondering if you both had any opinions on theme songs. My personal top three are one, Skyfall, Adele, two, Goldfinger, Shirley Bassey, three, Goldeneye, Tina Turner. Have you listened to any of them or just heard them in general? Do you have a personal ranking? I hope you both have a wonderful week. Thank you. I hope you do too, Mel. Oh, well... We're going to talk about how Adele is flawed again, I guess, because <laughs> Matt Palmer has opinions. I mean, my only Skyfall. opinion is I love Adele very much. I really, really do. I find Skyfall to be so paint by numbers. Like, if you were going to imagine an Adele song that was a Bond theme, it would be Skyfall. It's just not exciting in the slightest to me. I've never liked it. A Bond theme that is underrated and everybody hates, but I love Madonna's Die Another Day is an excellent, excellent song. I love those choppy strings. I love her crazy vocals. I love the autotune. I love everything about that song. Underrated. Big hit. Great song. Okay. Okay. I I very much agree with that. Yes. I'll I'll tell you something that I did. Okay. That is very unhinged. Did you listen to all of the Bond themes? I did. Oh, man. I, okay. I, I listened to all of the Bond because I read this question and yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of research. And I just, they were all there on a playlist. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to listen to the first verse and chorus. And if I want to continue on, I will. Okay. But, so I didn't listen to the full all. I think there's like 26 of them or yeah, 27, yeah. whatever. Um, so. I have a ranking. Jesus. And I will say, Matt Palmer, I always, I never really listened to Skyfall yeah. that much. I, um, but I always thought you were being really dramatic about Skyfall. Yes. I was like, oh my God, every, cause everyone loves Skyfall. <laughs> they do. Except for Matt it Palmer. They won every award. No, don't like it. Yeah. And Mel loves it. It's yes. Mel's number one and everything. And I was like, but Matt Palmer's so bitter about Skyfall. <laughs> and I listened to it like in full for like the first time since 2012. Yeah. And I have to say, 
The verses are giving very little. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will say it. Kind of, it kind of is like verses, verses, verses. Okay, we're getting to the chorus. Yes. you know, and the chorus yeah. is nice and lovely. I, I won't say I dislike the song. Yeah, but I, I you see, see where I'm you're saying. coming okay. from. I appreciate that. Um, but I do understand why people like it because I do think that chorus is very Bondy, and Adele obviously sounds amazing. Of course. So, so I get it, Mel. I get it. Don't worry. Um, my top three, I will say. Madonna's Die Another Day. Yes! It, I, I reiterate what Matt Palmer said. It, so many people shit on it, and it's yeah. like, why? It's so fucking good. And just, after listening to all the songs, I'm like, this is the one that stands out exactly. as something, trying to do something different with a James Bond theme song. And I think that's why people hate it, because it's like, this isn't what the theme song's supposed to be. This isn't the feel of it. But I'm like, it's a fucking hit. But that's like, why that's it's so fun. Song. That's so why fun. it's so fun. So I, that's in my top three. Um, my number two, I will say, first of all, Shirley Bassey is the best Bond theme song vocalist out mm. there. She is the one to sing the Bond theme songs. And she's just one of the greatest vocalists like of all time period. I love Shirley Bassey. Oh. But everyone loves Goldfinger. And I think Goldfinger is good and everything. But I have to say I prefer Diamonds Are Forever oh. to Goldfinger. Okay. So Diamonds Are Forever is my number two. And my number one, I feel like the James Bond theme song that does everything you want. It gives it a little something different, like yeah. Die Another Day, but it still feels like James Bond and also just slaps. Yeah. Is I agree with Mel. I think Tina Turner's Goldeneye wow. is the best James Bond theme song. I need to listen to it. Oh, and the music video, she's just, it's like, yes, Tina. <laughs> it's like, it's giving you 90s, but James Bond, wow. but Tina Turner. It's really, really great. So right. I would say that is my number one. Um, uh, as far as James Bond films I have seen, that would be none of them. Also none for me. I'm sure they're lovely and fun. I have yet to see yeah. one in full. I would also say, even though I feel like this song isn't perfect, people give Sam Smith so much shit for their Bond theme. And I think Sam Smith's Bond theme is good. It's nice. It's nice. It's not like knock, knock your socks off. Mm-hmm. But I feel like people gave them so much shit when they won did they win the Oscar? The Oscar for Best Original yes. Song. And they beat Lady Gaga and Diane Warren for uh, So What Happens to You. Yes. And then, of course, made that very famous speech. Yes, the speech. <laughs> the speech deserves all the criticism. I don't think the song is, like, abhorrent. The song is fine. They sound great. I don't dislike it. Okay, yeah. Right? I, when I listened to it, I was like, there are beautiful moments for in sure. here. Yeah. For sure. I agree with that. Okay, the next question comes to us from Cole Cole says, email my heart. Hey, Mats. Hi. My question is, what gives? Oh. JoJo released her new project, trying not to think about it, and you guys hardly mentioned it. I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> I still oh. I still love you guys, though. Winky face. But yeah, have you guys listened to it? I am more than okay with a late listening party review because the project <laughs> is worth it. With love, Cole. Cole, I listened to the first track. <gasps> And I really liked it, but then I didn't have time to continue to listen. And I will, I swear. I have listened to it uh, several times. It's very much a mood setter. It is brilliant in that she's made a whole capsule project about her depression and anxiety, which I think flared up for her in 2020. And um, I love the the single, the video, Berlinda's theme. I think that is really good. It's very colorful. I think it's funny that uh, that one girl from Fifth Harmony is in it, Lauren, I think, and that Omarion is in it. She sounds amazing. My favorite song on the capsule project is Spiral season which I feel like is everyone's favorite song just because it's like this is a fucking hit like Mm. capsule or album or whatever you want to call it it's excellent I like that she's singing about this talking about it bringing it to the forefront it is excellent just like Jojo's other work is I need to listen to it more spiral season is my favorite 
Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. I hope Cole's less mad at us now. Jeez. You know, you know, <laughs> Cole. Cole will get through it. It'll be fine. I hope so. Um. So there is another uh, question. Okay. Let me find it. it yeah. Comes to us from Rocky. Rocky, love this subject line. Claire got her man. <laughs> Hi, Matt. It's Rocky again, Derek X. Stan, who dislikes Sarah Beth. LOL. Uh, Matt Steele, I'm sure you realized this, but I was surprised you didn't mention it. Claire was an alternate this season. If the original house guests uh, had stayed in the house, then Claire wouldn't have never gotten on this season, and we wouldn't have had the BB power couple we have today. It's so crazy how fate works. So my <laughs> question, Matt, looking back at your life up until this point, what is something that wouldn't have happened if blank and you can't use how you found each other as roommates. Can, ah! can you imagine if Matt Steele never responded to that ad? I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Y'all are the dark. best Rocky. Oh, good. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm like, if I didn't win, the, I, the way that I moved to LA was basically, I won a songwriting competition on this website and then the songwriting competition turned into a publishing deal that was based in LA. The company was based here. And I'm like, if that, if I had not entered that songwriting competition, would I have ended up in L.A. at all? Oh, would I geez. not still be in New York? Like, where else? It's just like, it was, you know, you're so untethered at that age. And at that point, I hadn't put down, like, post-college roots in New York yet. But if, if I had, would I still be there? Like, I don't know. I... In the 10 years I've known you, I don't think I've ever known that you moved to L.A. because of this publishing yeah. contract. Yes. Yes. I mean, it I, was thought like, it was, I thought it was always like your intention to move to L.A. No, it was like, OK, L.A. because it's like, oh, New York, L.A. Both would make sense for doing music stuff like whatever. And like I had a job in New York and I had friends and like whatever. Mm-hmm. It was definitely the publishing deal that pushed me out there. Yeah. So that's something I would think about. I mean, sometimes I think about if I didn't get into that NYU program, but like, who are we kidding? Of course I would get that. Oh, darling. <laughs> I don't think there's a version of life where I don't, darling, no. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess I could, I could have gone, the, my second and third choices were USC and Miami, so I could be, you know, at those schools. Yeah, I always be wonder, because NYU was always my top, like, school to get into, but I really, you know, I was applying for, you know, musical theater programs, and uh-huh. I really... Didn't because I knew no one else who had majored in musical theater prior to that, so I didn't know what the good musical theater programs were. I didn't know anything about University of Michigan. Also, I wouldn't have wanted to go to Michigan, but um, (laughs) but you know, I didn't even if if, had I known that that's one of the best programs, I would have also like applied there. I would have applied to you know the CCMs and everything. Granted, I New York was what I like really wanted, um, but. Yeah, I, I I wonder what I would have done if I I didn't get into it. Right. But but so Rocky, as uh, an award show junkie, this is literally all we do <laughs> is say if this one thing didn't happen, then so and so would be an Oscar winner right now. Right. Like in in 1978, Uh-oh. if Geraldine Page had won Best Leading Actress for Interiors instead of Jane Fonda winning her second Oscar for Coming Home. Okay. Then Geraldine Page probably wouldn't have won Best Leading Actress in 1985, which means Whoopi Goldberg would have won Best Leading Actress in 1985 for The Color Purple, which means that there wouldn't have been as much incentive to award Whoopi Goldberg in 1990, and therefore Annette Bening could have won Best Supporting Actress for The Grifters. So, ladies and gentlemen, it could be Jane Fonda's fault that Annette Bening (laughs) does not have an Oscar yet. I this is all we think about in the Oscar Wild. fandom is like if this person had won at this time, then that would have created because, you know, there's so much more that goes into winning right. an Oscar and everything than uh, 
just the performance. Right. You know, there's so much. It's so yeah. much. You, you may have a sickness. <laughs> what you just the, did is oh, just honey, <laughs> terrifying am, to me. I am not the only one. There, no. there are literally podcasts devoted to Absolutely. what I just gave you right now, but it goes way more degrees of separation. It's just frightening to me. I'm someone who like, you know, can barely remember what happened last week. It's just like, what? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't so, get it. So that's that's what I think of when I get a question. <laughs> like, it's not like, ooh, where would my life be? It's right. just like, no. In what like universe does Annette Bening have an Oscar? Right. And it's, I mean, and also, if I hadn't have gone on OkCupid when it was past OkCupid age in like 2018, 19, would I have met Jackson? Would I be in this apartment at all? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my on God. OkCupid. On OkCupid. That, no one was on OkCupid <laughs> at that point. I know. Wow. Can you believe I think straights do okay Cupid still. I think they do. More so. I see billboards for it, so I they've got to be doing okay. Yeah, what's it like on an app? I, ooh, I, oh, I, um, I, the app's not... I mean, last time I looked three years ago, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> last time I was on it the was... The app itself, like, yeah, it's just not technically great. Yeah. Well, not last time use. I was on OkCupid, it was like, it was like, oh no, we went on the computer to do our online mm, dating. You know, it was yeah. like 2013, 2014 right. around there. Yeah, I know. And you were just let me just give me a little more. What's the worst thing that could happen? Hey, now now you're in your mansion, girl. (laughs) I love that it's a mansion now. With with his with his silks and diamonds, all all diamonds, diamonds everything. (laughs) So, uh, all right, is it time? I think it's time. I think it's time, Matt Steele. What's been giving you moments, darling? So I had a very busy week. I gave you all the stuff I did. I met Sutton Foster, sort of, when she talked about Hook, how crafting saved my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also drove up to Santa Barbara on Friday, because as I told you, my friend, a couple weeks ago, my friend Cecilia stayed with me for a few days because she was going to be in a production of Kismet in uh, Santa Barbara. Well, I drove up on Friday and saw said production of Kismet, and uh, it was directed by Lonnie Price and... It was my first time back Wow! in a theater seeing a show. How did it feel? Oh, my God. It was so <laughs> weird. Like, the theater was so big. And I was wow. just like, oh, my God. And it was just so exciting. Um, I, and I had never seen Kismet before. Kismet was, it was on Broadway in 1953, one best musical. But a Broadway revival has never happened. Um and so it was my first time seeing the show. I had known uh, the score before, but had never seen. And it was just so wonderful seeing a. Sh- they really like aren't writing shows like in this style anymore. It was it was post Oklahoma, but there were still some shows that had that operetta type feel to mm. it, and that style of humor that you know they're they're not writing anymore. Um, and so it was wonderful seeing like a modern interpretation of that style of writing done and the score is just like so gorgeous it's it's so operatic and mm-hmm. big and full and the, the cast was so big like there was a separate like singing chorus and then like a dancing chorus of wow. like this, that was like the Santa Barbara Ballet Company so I was like yes baby fill that stage <laughs> with people with their designated roles of what they're going to do like we are going to stand here and sing we are going to dance but not sing because <laughs> like, that just means you're filling that stage with people and I love nothing more than a big old cast and a big old loud show and then it would have been cool if you know the writers came out and did DJing after of course that's <laughs> Expect that I would, for I would, every show now. I would love a D, like a, a remix of Stranger in Paradise or Night of My Nights, which is oh, a song I love so much and have always loved. Um, but yeah, it was just wonderful being in a theater again. Wow. Seeing a damn musical. And I was just like, oh, 
Musical theater is great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's literally what you say to yourself every night as you're going to bed. Or like Mus- looking in the mirror as you're brushing your teeth. Musical, Musical theater, theater is great. great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for me, I mean, is it going to be my giving me moments for the next 10 weeks? Probably. But in preparation for tonight's Insecure premiere, I rewatched uh, a few episodes of season four. And I just have to say, A, season four, I mean, season five hasn't happened yet, but season four was the best season of that show. It's so beyond excellent. I recommend a rewatch to anyone who's watched already. If you haven't watched the show, watch it from the beginning. But season four is the crown jewel so far. And I also just want to shout out the show that is going to be wrapping up this year and just say that everything they have done with this show, from the writing, the directing, the cinemat- cinematography, which is beautiful every shot um, the performances the, I, the marketing campaigns how they promote it how I just think it has been so perfectly executed that it is such a feat and you can tell that Issa has her hand in every part of it because it all seems so intentional mm. the music choices the fact that it's you know mostly LA based artists everything is very I love LA it's a love letter to LA for the whole time and it is it feels normal and not melodramatic and it feels real but it still feels you know impactful I just I've never seen a show like it there will never be another show like it I miss it already I said that at the end of the episode to Jackson's like what do you mean you missed the show that was just on I was like I'm I it's gonna be over in 10 weeks and I miss it yeah prematurely yeah (laughs) like it just is a perfect Perfect oh, television show. Should I like not come to record the podcast the day of the finale? Like, <laughs> I mean, are you going to be a rack? I may be a rack. Okay. I think, but maybe that'll be good content. You never know. <laughs> you okay. know? So I just want to, and also, I mean, if you, we're going to put out our Kelly Clarkson Christmas album review, but I can't stop listening to the Christmas album, the newest one, obviously, when Christmas comes around. And you're going to hear us talk about it in the video, but if you haven't listened to a song of Kelly Clarkson's called Merry Christmas to the one I used to know, do it immediately. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we both talk about it. It's a lot in this video. Exceptional. It is exceptional. And I just, every time I listen to it, I'm more blown away by it. Mm. And her performance on that song. And just, it's so devastating. Mm. It's just so devastating. So if you're ready to be devastated on Christmas, I've got the song for you. <laughs> You're ready to be, and you will be devastated on Christmas because then Insecure will be over. I know, and so, so I'll be just devastated from there on out. Wait, so did you? <laughs> you'll be saying Merry Christmas to the one you used to know, aka the sh- show that you used to know. Yeah. Um, wait, so have you seen the season premiere yet? Yes. Okay. Yes. Is it good? Of course it is. All right. It's great. They started off on a, a lighter note, mostly, but it was it was excellent. Excellent. So when a show, when a season starts off on a lighter note, you I know, know it, that shit's gonna I know. get real I know <laughs> this season. Oh gosh! Well, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been so fun. Fun catching up with you, Matt Steele. Oh, fun catching up with you too, Matt oh Palmer. Oh my gosh! Well, you have a safe drive. I'll try. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more Two Gay Matts, the podcast. Bye. 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 